Okay, welcome back to another episode of Classic Mix Up. Uh, up I'm Rosario, as you know. And I'm Riley. Uh, uh, glad to have everybody back. Yeah, episode back for episode 13. 13. Yeah. Uh, we're pumped. To, we have a you know pretty pretty routine good episode for you guys today. So how's it going, Rosario? Uh, good. Yeah, I've been good. I've been just chilling. It's been not so long since we talked, so not much has changed. We're listening to a lot of music, though. Got yep. some things to talk about, obviously. So, yep. uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to to get into it. Yeah, good. Um, How about you, dude? It's been going, man. It's hanging, uh, living life. Uh, it's trying to take it easy as much as I can because cool. for some reason life's throwing me like just knee shots, just diving at my knees for some reason. The, the Dan to- Campbell bite the kneecaps strategy. Yeah, exactly. It's trying. To, yeah, life's trying to bite my kneecaps off, but. Uh, I'm trying to just stay positive and um, that's a good stay in a good mindset. So I've been, I feel like I've been doing that good. I love that shirt, by the way. Show the people that's your shirt. It's the Outcast Hotland, yeah. Hotlanta. That's so sick. It's from- if, you're, if, if you're listening on Spotify or whatever, you can't see the shirt. So I recommend clicking the link for the YouTube and yeah. checking out the shirt. It's a, it's an Outcast shirt. I've, you know, but um. I don't know if any of the audience knows, but I love Outkast. Probably one of my favorite rap duos of all time. Probably, yeah, it's probably one of my probably my favorite. If you're talking time. duo, it's got to be number one. Duo's number one. I was thinking like, oh, what about Blackstar? But I'm like, no, dude, like this is that they're number one. Like yeah. Outkast is number one duo. Um, yeah, I actually whipped this bad boy out today, and my girlfriend was over this morning, and um, she's like, oh, I've never seen that shirt before, and she likes it, Outkast. Well, I've like slowly have listened to more Outcasts with mm-hmm. her, and uh, and I was like, yeah, I've had this forever. Like, I just haven't. It's just cool. it's a, it's a successor to my my old Outcast shirt. Do you remember that Outcast? I don't. Shirt? I, don't I was gonna try, I was gonna say I don't know if I remember you ever having in an orange square, a little orange square with Big Boy and Andre Three Thousand. Mm, I might that might have been you know. I mean, I didn't see you very often in high school because obviously we didn't we didn't go yeah. to the same school. So. Yeah, I forget. I forget. But yeah, they, it it is it is weird to think about that we didn't go to the same high school. Yeah, that is like something. We, it feels like we did for some reason. Well, we didn't talk for like almost like three years or something like that. Yeah, we. Yeah, we, I feel like we've talked about this on the podcast before. Is like we were best friends in middle school, pretty much. Yeah. Didn't go to the same high school. Now here we are. However far apart, but we're back. So. So far. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah dude, but it's great dude we started this bad boy up to keep in keep in touch yeah and i'm loving and i'm loving the podcast you know i've got i got complimented on the podcast today so that's awesome shout Thanks. out wow. uh shout out my friend tyler um for watching yeah. the podcast yeah hopefully you see this one yeah um, i got we got a couple of listeners i know um uh i know i got family that listens shout out to them i don't know about friends i i don't really communicate with my friends about yeah you know i feel like i feel like a podcast is a hard thing to work mm-hmm. into your kind of like every day like you know a lot of people don't have time for a podcast i hardly listen to the episodes we put out even after we record them so i'll be honest so yeah i, I get it but for I the people that for people who do like to listen to podcasts and do stumble upon our content we thank you but yeah yeah, this is a, just a supplement of us just sitting in a Discord chat and talking once Pretty a much. day, you know, once a like week. Like, we'd be, we'd be like probably doing this anyways. So, we yeah. might as well. Or texting, but I'd right. rather talk. I, I agree. I hate talking. Dude. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, we were just talking about, you know, thick freakness. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah. So, just like went, casually. 
Yeah. And then we were like, we should probably start the podcast and do this. Yeah. Yeah. So we, uh, last, last week's, uh, we started up our, um, we did our end of the wrap, end of the year wrap for, uh, 2022, Mm -hmm. um, after quite a bit of a hiatus and, uh, we came back and just listed our top 15, basically top 15, basically albums and, uh, went back to our normal routine, which is assigning, uh, one album to each other. And, uh, I gave Rosario, uh, the Black Keys' second studio album, Thick Freakness, uh, came out in 2003. And uh, it is one of my, it's a really good album. I wouldn't say it's one of my favorites because I've, Rosario's probably heard my, you've heard my favorite Black Keys. I, think album. I know your favorites. That was yeah. our proto, our proto episode. To oh, true. Episode zero. Episode zero. Yeah. I forgot about that. Magic yeah. Potion, Black Keys. So. Magic Potion. Yeah. Which is probably. Maybe my I don't know. I think you liked you liked Rubber Factory a lot. I like I was gonna say I think Rubber Factory is probably my favorite out of the mm-hmm. let's see, I've heard three Black Keys albums and the Arcs yeah, album, I got, which I really liked too. I got I actually yeah. surprised by the Arcs album. They came out with a new album, out. they dropped a new album on th- a Friday. Oh my gosh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, I said I was gonna listen the, to that the uh, second, like a month ago. Yeah, the B side of the record is arguably better, in my opinion, than the A side. Yeah. Which okay. is crazy. Like I'm like I'm gonna check that out. I'm gonna check that out, and we can talk about that a little bit next week because okay. uh, I was very interested in that after hearing their debut. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good. Uh, yeah, but uh, and then Rosario gave me for album an album this week. You gave me what is it? Um, Below the heavens. Below the heavens. by Blue and Exile, which uh, we'll get into later. But yeah, yeah. Um, I guess that's kind of the intro. So. We're guess we're gonna get into the yeah let's get into the it. albums now yeah do you want to start off by by talking about Thick Freakness a little we mentioned it a little bit oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So start with, we'll start off that so um huge Black Keys fan my favorite band I got posters all on my ceiling on my on my walls all that um uh, I am obsessed with every album that they've put out you know I know every song been seen them twice so I give Rosario I'm slowly indoctrinating him with mm-hmm. how good they are yeah. Um, so I gave him Thick Freakness came out in 2003. And what's pretty cool about this album is it was our, uh, their first, I guess, like um, professional um, record. Would you say professional record? Or I was going to say their first studio um, studio. I don't I, I don't know. I can't uh, speak for what was it called to come up before this, something like that. Or yeah, uh, it was uh, the big. The yeah, uh, well, I can't think of it now. I literally have big it. come up or something. I know you have it on vinyl right there. He's going to get it. Yeah, it's the big come up. The big come up. Yeah. So that that I guess you consider more of a, uh, um, like a self made. You know, like not a not on a record deal. So I guess you could would consider this their first studio album because this was made right after they signed uh their first record deal. From what I understand. Hmm. Yeah, so basically, I know that the big come up was recorded, and then uh, they got signed to uh, I think it's Fat Possum. Fat Possum. Yeah. And then this is should be is this reprise or something like that? Did you ever do that research? I don't know if you did. You say you did a little. Research. I, do, I I did a little research just because I was interested because uh, I guess we can get right into to talking about the album. Um, yeah. It's kind of that classic like kind of garage rock blues rock that sounds like it was recorded in a basement. Mm-hmm. Uh, and research would lead me to find out that uh, it was recorded in a basement. Mm-hmm. Um, 
The album was recorded in one uh, 14-hour session in a basement studio in Akron, Ohio. And yeah. uh, it was their second attempt at recording their debut studio album because their first attempt sounded too commercial for their tastes. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and then they re- they redid it, and we ended up with Thick Freakness, which is quite the opposite from commercial, at least by the industry standards at the time. And, uh, yeah, it's a super kind of grimy, raw really just uh you know classic sounding black keys album it sounds similar to rubber factory which we've talked about before yeah um i i i think what's really cool is that um what's cool about this album is that it's like their first step like i I, i've kind of given you like i'm kind of working you backwards of like their pre like like mainstream album so i'm slowly working you back from like the stuff that I really like, which is like Magic Potion, and then right. you know, Rubber Factory came out before Magic Potion. This came out before Rubber Factory. So, you know, each of these early albums of the Black Keys like have a little caveat to them. Like Rubber Factory was made in a factory, like in yeah, the which factory. is which is pretty cool. By the yeah, way. this is really close. This album's really close to um like being a garage rock album that was recorded, you know, like one session, you know, that kind of thing, and. Um, mm-hmm. Rosario mentioned that this was like re-recorded because it sounded too good. It was too good the first time. They're like, we need to sound like shit. Like we yeah. need this to sound crappier. Um, and what's interesting from this t- uh, compared to their first album and even Rubber Factory is that it only has two covers, which the first album is almost all covers. There's a mm-hmm. few unique songs. And then, um, and then Rubber Factory has a few more covers. Yeah, the two covers on this album are "Have Level Travel" by uh, Richard Berry, and "Everywhere I Go" by Junior Kimbrough, who Junior Kimbrough is like one of their biggest inspirations. Uh, they did a full cover album, uh, "Chulahoma," in uh, I think after Rubber Factory and in between Rubber Factory and Magic Potion. It's a great album. I might give it to you one week. Um, and uh, but yeah, and all the rest of the songs are these like super awesome riffs, super simple beats, like but hard beats. And it's one of my it's one of my favorite albums, um, maybe not of all time, but it's it's a I throw it on still for fun. One of your favorites by them, you think? Yeah. Oh yeah, it's uh, yeah. I don't really have a like. I don't think I don't like it. It's there's not an album they have that I don't like. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like oh I don't harder yeah hard to rank i guess because they're all i know they're all special to you in a different way so yeah yeah um i i will start off by saying uh we already mentioned a bunch that we talked about rubber factory on here before that was a couple few episodes ago now Mm -hmm. um i think this sounds really similar to rubber factory of course being recorded only i think a year apart and kind of in the same stage of their artistry and the same idea of like Rubber Factory was recorded in a factory. This was recorded in a basement. Like both are kind of not so polished sounding. Um, they sound really similar to me in a lot of ways. I think the only reason I'll, I'll give the edge to Rubber Factory in terms of my enjoyment is just because there's a little more variety of songs, you know, um, with, with songs like, like just off the top of my head, like something like The Lengths. I don't know yeah. if there's really a track like that on here. Yeah. And for me, I like that little variation. I like hearing them 
kind of branch out and do different things, which is one of the reasons, again, that I really liked the Yours Dreamerly album because that was mm-hmm. Dan Auerbach kind of really going out of his comfort zone. And I, I just like seeing that from, from an artist. So, um, yeah, but this is a pretty solid album for for what you can consider a, a debut record. So, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I think I gave you Rubber Factory initially because I, I thought you would like you. I'm trying to like, integrate you into like the variation really yeah i think rubber factory is definitely like an easier listen yeah on it for like an intro like yeah totally to their early stuff like yeah and for anyone who hasn't heard any black keys that might be listening to this like maybe you just stumbled upon this yeah i would recommend going with rubber factory before thick freakness also yeah i it's and i think that's my path of where i went from Mm -hmm. like listening to them because they have that song 10 a.m automatic which is one on that album, that's a, that's which is one of their first song. early hits. So I was like, I heard that and I was like, oh, this album's awesome. And it had a lot of, like the links and then Aeroplane Blues are. I awesome. love the links. And that's kind of Just... like in, you know, uh, what's a uh, All Hands Against His Own. That song is sick. Like it's very, even the production's lighter and softer. It, the mm-hmm. fuzz is almost softer. Where this album, Thick Freakness, is pure just mush. It's literally in the title. It's like Thick Freakness. It's like yeah. thick and f- freaky, like like just smush that you can throw together with the guitar and make it sound good. Um, but yeah, you got any favorite tracks that I can... I, can, I've been- I do, yeah. I, I do have some favorite tracks. Um, uh, I think my favorite track was probably Set You Free. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's... Uh... Oh yeah, we, I I tend to always pick the most popular songs when I uh, do this. It was so. in uh, it was in School of Rock. Oh, yeah, was it? Black. Yeah, it was on. It so I don't think it was in the movie. I don't know. I oh, okay. don't call me on that, but I, it was I on the soundtrack of uh, School of Rock. Okay, cool. Yeah, I I might have heard it before. The boom boom. Yeah, I love that part. That's why I picked it. Um. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So so like like you kind of mentioned, set you free. It's one of the honestly, I would say, pretty ri- like no disrespect to what, what's the drummer's name? Is it uh, Carney? Patrick Carney? Patrick Carney. Yeah, no disrespect to, to him or his work. It's just that I'd say probably nine times out of ten, Dan Auerbach usually outshines him on a song oh, with yeah. the guitar versus the he's drums. The he, the, I feel like this is a band where Patrick Carney, like he's got some ideas and he's a big production guy. Okay, like, more of the technical band. side. Yeah. Um, but he he you know he'll he'll take things from other drummers, but he is the backbone for right. Dan Auerbach's guitar. Player. Right, they 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 go together perfectly. Yeah, but the drums are never really outshining the guitar. However, on the third track of Thick Freakness sets you free, I think um, the drums kind of outshine the guitar a little bit, and uh, I love I love that intro with the big heavy, you know, the doom, and then like the. I think there's like there's like a tambourine in the background if I remember correctly. Yeah. I love I love that little inclusion. Just I don't know that that was my favorite. Um, a couple others that I I really liked were um, what was it? Have love will travel, which I think you said was a cover, right? Yeah, yeah. Have love will travel is a cover. Um, and they do it they do it justice. Like I think what's cool mm-hmm. about the covers, early covers at least, is that they definitely had respect for the artists that they were covering, but they made it their own. Like this, I was going to say Richard Berry song. It sounds like, right. So I didn't, I didn't know it was a cover originally. So I didn't go back and listen to the original song, but so you might know 
is that kind of bridge in the middle like that guitar solo is that in the original song or was that added oh no that's that's pure like that's your artistry and that's what i figured so yeah like that's the main thing i noticed from half level travel is like kind of right in the middle of the song there's like a insane bridge where like dan auerbach really just like just shreds the guitar it's like it's just a sick guitar solo and like mm. yeah i was just i was really impressed with that and uh like you said it's a good way they kind of make the cover their own and like bring their own element to it they bring that heavy shredding guitar yeah uh to a classic song and it, it turned out really good yeah I, I mean i totally agree i think what's cool about the other cover on the album too which is everywhere i go mm-hmm. is that it totally is the opposite of the fifth like so it's the seventh song and have level travels the fifth song mm-hmm. um everywhere i go is this long you know i think it's the longest song on the album it is, like yeah it's like six like minutes yeah. yeah so it's it's drawn out but it's also covered but you would you know like if you go and listen to the cover of the original song of everywhere i go it's like you can hear that it's the same guitar riff but they take it and like turn their own thing yeah thing. um and you could see their inspirations. And I think like what's cool about their early albums is that the uh, these guys always state that like uh Captain Beefheart, like Junior Kimbrough. Right. Uh, is is everywhere I go a Junior Kimbrough song? Yes. Yeah, okay, I thought so. So um and then guys like T Model Ford, Bo Diddley, like all these like kind of like like more like kind of eccentric guys, like they take their sounds and like are like oh and super inspired or like there's this album I'll have to give you um actually give it to you next, this this week okay um that's by uh Muddy Waters which is he's a classic blues guy or like you know jazzy kind of blues mm-hmm. guy but he did a psychedelic album where he re-recorded a bunch of his songs and it's very distorted and psychedelic and okay. that's huge inspiration for their early stuff so you'll hear those influences um but yeah like. I don't know, dude. This album's this album's fun. I think like that's where like yeah, it's not like it, it's kind of one of those albums where you can tell like it's not like I like that like I like that like I don't know. I guess I say Magic Potion as an example, even though it's been a long time since I heard that. Admittedly, Magic yeah. Potion definitely seemed like they were a little more mature and were a little more focused. I think and a little more driven on something. Mm. Whereas you have something like Thick Freakness, where which is happens often in an artist's like early career. Where they genuinely are kind of just having fun with it and just making songs that like they would want to hear, I think. Yeah. You know? Um Dan Auerbach is incredible on the guitar as usual. Mm. Um, which yeah, I mean, can't complain about that. Um, the only thing I, I will say, um, in terms of maybe some some negatives for it is like it, it I think it's one that you need to really be a fan of the genre or at least the artist to appreciate. Because like we've said, it is very, I mean, it's pretty like amateur. You know, like they weren't, they weren't, you know, they weren't polished. They were very raw. And um, something about it just seems like, like I can tell that you would definitely appreciate a lot of the things on the album. But for me, it makes it so that a lot of the songs kind of sound similar. And right. uh, I don't, I don't get that um, variation that you get in like a rubber factory or a magic potion, which are probably the albums that I prefer to this one. Then that's totally makes sense. I mean, I think even if uh, if you ever listen to their first album, mm-hmm. you know, the studio release, uh, um, the big come up, it's even less polished and more covers. Right. And, uh, they they even do like a little bit of sampling in it, like uh, 
and it's a little bit they're inspired by like Wu Tang and like Ender the Three. That's kind of cool. Members like they have like little excerpts and they kind of do you know because they're trying to figure out their sound, right? And then this album, they're like, okay, we're going with the garage rock. Yeah. If I if I had to guess, you know, I'm not really a part of the Black Keys fandom at all. I've I've just started listening to them this past year. But um, if I had to guess, I'd say probably a lot of like hardcore fans like you probably really like the older. The, the older stuff you know like the more stuff like thick freakness and rubber factory yeah. but i'd say like like the average person probably prefers something more newer where they've kind of found their sound and not really gone with this super kind of technical uh a little more one-dimensional type sound a hundred percent yeah I, I mean i was like gonna bring that up um like thinking about what to talk about on uh about this album when you're bringing mm-hmm. it up but um like I think what's interesting about their sound now is that it is super polished. I think it's over polished because a thing that I was worried about when I listened to the new Arcs album is like, oh, it's gonna be shit. It's gonna be super over polished, produced, mm-hmm. all that. The song sound's gonna be lost. It's just gonna sound like elevator music. Because their the Black Keys last album, um, Let's Rock was super polished, super sounded. They try to be more bluesy, like almost like if they just let it loose a little bit, it would have been like a thick freakness or a magic. Person. Okay. Yeah. They tried to reel but, it in a little, but it was super polished, like super slow, kind of super, everything kind of sounded the same in a bad way. There was no like cool. Gotcha. Lifts. It was just very like, so I think that's why like, giving you this album. It's like, yeah, it sounds the same, but I like to see the evolution and know that an artist really is long-term variation, you know, like, you could go and see where they've come from since mm-hmm. this album and be like, well, these guys are, you know, they're great to have in the music sphere because they have that like raw, like unique sound in the early years. So they can, if someone were to like, now they're big producers and Dan Auerbach owns um, Easy Eye Sound, which is what a lot of um, they do production through and the ARCs albums are released through that album and that uh, through that label. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but like, if they had an artist come in and say, Hey, we want to do like garage rock. We want to have a distorted sound. They would go in and be like, Oh yeah, we can do that. Or do you got a country guy or a folk guy that wants to come in and do a folk or country album or a bluegrass album. They know mm-hmm. how to do that too. Cause they're all kind of doing that. Now they're doing slower stuff. They're doing bluesier stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and, that, and like, we're talking 20 years ago at this point. So I'm just going to turn yeah. 20 this year. So yeah. of course, you know, for an artist who's been around that long, you would expect them to have come a long way. Yeah, And uh, I think it is cool to look back at their roots. And that's why I'll, I'll say that, you know, I'm sure that a lot of Black Keys fans will have appreciation for this album. And I have appreciation for this album in a way. But, uh, yeah, I just I just prefer the other ones. But, uh, yeah, I respect this album. But it's obviously, like I said, where it's where they came from. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm glad you, like, like it. You know, like, I don't know. I don't know, because I feel like some, like, we did the um, – patrick sweeney album Mm -hmm. and i had to be like hey man like you got to listen to the guitar like it's someone singing right a lot of the blues guys a lot of the the jazz guys that play guitar it's supposed to be replacing an instrument like hendrix jimmy hendrix like he's not solar blues but he played rock Mm -hmm. and he you know he heard his guitar as like a trumpet like it was like simulating horns so like other guys it's singing or other guys it's it's you know other things i guess whatever they do yeah right um so you know, this is one of them that like, okay, you got to listen to the 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 riffs as someone singing or lyrics or treat them like moods and right. And and, and you got to remember that it's only a it's only a two man band also. Oh yeah. 
So, um, yeah, yeah it's like was- the guitar is, is almost, it comes to life so much. It almost is like a third member because there's a lot of guitar solos and bridges. Like on the title track, for example, the first track, Thick Freakness, like the bridge on that song is like amazing. It's like mm-hmm. super, yeah, I don't know. Dan Auerbach just shreds the guitar and it's, it's sick. So yeah. In, uh, Not much to be said about it other than. What's awesome is that this that. album did well for their live sets too. Like it added mm. so much energy to their lives. I bet. I bet. Yeah. Cause like when they toured with just the two of them, you need the big sounds to fill up a room. You know, mm. you, you know, you just have like two amps or maybe one amp and you play to a bar full of, you know, maybe 50. Right. People. Right. They're still coming up, you know, and you heavy guitar riffs and thick, fuzzy, like where you static, like sound yeah yeah it, it's gonna fill a room better so you know as they get more production more polished this, these songs get phased out by songs that may be more i was gonna say i was just gonna ask um if they play their old songs live still or no yeah they played oh excuse me they played uh they played something on their last set i saw them in september for my birthday yeah and uh i forgot what song they played so- i think hard row maybe okay yeah that's always or have level good too. Travel. i think they played have level travel right? okay yeah and it was totally different from the album but it was fun right like, they made it more popular and i'm sure they played that you know almost 20 years at the point of playing the song they right it's gonna you know, like evolve over time it's almost like it's almost like they covered it originally and kind of gave their own spin on it it's almost like they're, they're covering it again and, and giving it a different spin on it I'm not surprised that if like one of these albums, like now these albums are hitting like 20 years of right. being out. I won't be surprised if they do an album of re-recordings of like new, like yeah. almost like do because I don't know. And kind of like go with their, their newer, more polished kind of poppy sound. Yeah. Because for their first album, they didn't re-release it for 20 anniversary, 20th anniversary, but they did. Um, They released their first album on live. That was like their first, sorry. The first live performance on vinyl. That's okay. what they did for the 20th anniversary of their band. But they haven't re-released their first album yet um, for 20 years. But they haven't done anything for Thick Freakness yet or announced anything. Right. Um, so I don't know what month it came out, but it's yeah pushing 20 years. Yeah. So I I would be interested in what they're gonna do because they they come out. They're usually a band that comes out with anniversary stuff pretty often. They have a lot of stuff. They like to do remixes and you know that's that cool kind of i always i always kind of like that i i don't know it could be sometimes it could be like kind of corny or not you know maybe miss the mark but um i like when bands kind of like recognize and appreciate kind of where they came from like for example like blink 182 did uh anima of the state 20th anniversary tour 2019 yeah like that was awesome because me personally i wouldn't be that excited to go watch blink 182 play their new albums on tour but when I found out they were doing, you know, my favorite album, Enema of the State, 20th anniversary, like, bang, bought tickets. Like, I went to that in 2019. That was my yeah, second and, concert. And it was amazing. And that it was, was awesome. with Matt Skiba. Like, that was even Yeah, worse. right. And and they still, they they did it justice still. I, shout out Matt Skiba. Yeah, I, if they just played California all the way through, I think I'd be happy. But yeah, California is going to be seven, eight, maybe a California 10-year anniversary tour in a couple of years oh, or something. Man. And then they just do that. But they wouldn't do that because Tom. I don't think Tom DeLong would play Matt Skiba. Yeah, I don't think I don't think he'd be into that. But who knows? He'll he'll even be in the band in three years. No, he's got to be chasing the government for all the alien cover ups and shit. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I I yeah, I don't even know. I, um, 
I'm, I'm excited to see where, where they go, I guess, because him coming back was like so shocking. But anyways, yeah, that's way off topic. Yeah, I don't know, dude. Yeah, I I, uh, I think that that just about wraps it up for Thick Freedom. So for me, okay. I, yeah. I don't know if you have anything else to say, but um, I would say if you got a good, if you, I would say like don't listen to this album if you want to relax. This is the number one. Um, if you want to have a fun time, and a f- while you're like driving or like that, this is a good time to play this album. And I mean, I at least for me a lot of the songs have caught on after several listens like i appreciated the slower maybe like every everywhere i go is caught on to me and then like yeah uh, if you see me and i cry alone yeah i like uh i like hurt like mine for a slower tempo song yeah yeah it those those kind of slower songs that may not have like what you're looking for initially i think it has a good inverse of like the slower songs you could come back if you like the faster songs, you can come back and listen to the slower songs. Like, but yeah, I would recommend this album. It's a still fun album to listen to hundred percent. Yeah. I, I agree. I think that yeah, pretty much sums it up. Um, so yeah, I guess uh, continuing on, uh, we'll talk about the album that I picked for Riley. Uh, my pick was Below the Heavens by by Blue and Exile, which is mm-hmm. a, a producer rapper duo. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of underground, but not in the way of like they're unknown, more of just they never really did anything to push themselves into the mainstream. Um, they're definitely, you know, Blue's the type of rapper where I'd say most like hip hop heads, like, you know, people who are into like in rap circles, uh, definitely know about him. Mm-hmm. But, uh, people who are purely in the mainstream may not have heard of him. So I guess right. I kind of wanted to shed some light on, on him and his work. So, yeah. Sweet. Yeah. I'd never heard of blue and exile. Like it never, you know, and yeah, I get why you get, you gave me this album though. Like I, I totally understand. Like it's definitely something I would listen to. Like, it's funny. Cause I, I actually like commented on a tweet, a tweet that you put out that said two, 2000s yeah it was just today yeah. better than 90s i tweeted that while i was listening to this exactly and i and i totally understood that because once i re-listened to it i was like i was like um i i'm gonna get into that i think the samples in this album are used really creatively um it's true. I think that's what kind of makes it it's true okay so i'll break it down a little bit so yeah yeah go ahead i i love i love the the flow the get blues flow on this like I would what I think is kind of the downfall, but yet I don't hate what I I guess like what kind of stagnates me on this album is that mm-hmm. his flow is the same on every song. And it's I agree. Like it gets like, old kind of quick, but yeah, it's kind of yeah. like the past, like it's kind of listening to like a Boldy James album after Boldy James album of like no no offense to Boldy. We love Boldy. We love podcast, him. But yeah. like there's a few albums of Boldies that are exactly the same sounding, same bars, everything. And I think that like when you listen, this this album's an hour long. So, like, if I'm sitting there and I'm listening and it's like, and I want to listen to a good beat and like, I'm like, okay, okay. Like, for I love my world is is a great opener, great great lyrics, great everything. I loved it, yep. didn't hate it, saved it. Was like, okay, this is good, this is good. But then the next song kind of sounded the same, and the next song kind of sounded the same, and I'm like, okay, I got to give it a chance. But then by like, I love dancing in the rain. I think that's his most popular song. I think it is, yeah. Okay, but I love that. 
lyrically it kind of sounded different too like a beat wise it was kind of like more of a slower emotional kind of thing mm -hmm. i loved the topic on it like i mean just like like he's kind of feeling dead end and like like he's 22 trying to i think there's a line it's like i'm 22 don't know if i should uh put a gun to my head or something like that whatever yeah right like he's not making it in rap right. or whatever like, but yeah trying to figure out what he wants to do but a lot of the songs on this album are a lot of that topic too of like don't know what to do uh world yeah. around me is kind of crazy so i guess like a lot of people need to hear that in rap or like the people that like more spiritual rap or like honest rap like we we listen saba and uh he kind of does that where like he talks about the truth it's not it's not flash and you know, it's not fake stuff. It's, you know, he's talking yeah. about feelings. It's like emotional rap. And I think Blue, like, his bars are crazy for rapping. Like, yeah, they are. A lot. Well, it was like, I was like, oh, okay. Like, I could hear rhymes in it that reminded me of Most Def. Huge. Okay. Like, this reminds me of Black Star for some reason. I was like, I was like, man, this is like, I need to bring up Most Def. Because this guy, like, some bars are like Most Def bars. Which is not a diss. Like, most deaf is probably one of the best, um, like rhyming rappers. Rhymers, yeah, yeah. Like, I agree. Next to Doom and, um, uh, Rakim from Eric, Eric Bean, yeah, I don't know if you and, and then I throw Andre 3000 in Andre, there, yeah, and early Eminem all the yeah. way, Eminem, even throw you know, Biggie in there if you really want to, whatever. Um, but again, like. Which is which is great. So you throw most depth with, uh, into one of these best like lyrical rappers, and then you got Blue, who sounds a lot like him. And I'm I'm impressed, you know, like, and I've listened yeah. to any of his stuff, so I don't know if he like branches out. Like, does he ever branch out and do other productions, or is it all the same stuff? He he, he does other productions in terms of like he works with other producers occasionally, but he's certainly most famous for his work with Exile. So. Mm -hmm. Like obviously, like Blue is his own person, and Exile is his own person. They work with other people, but the duo, like Blue and Exile, is what both of them are most famous for. You know, at least from my understanding, they just released an album. I shouldn't say just; it's actually wow, God, it's been three years now. Yeah. They released an album in 2020, um, which the name is escaping me for some reason, but it got very high praise. Um, and yeah, it's a it's a really good oh miles it's called miles um yeah, yeah. miles is, is another great record from them but yeah no I, I i i like to go back to what you said about kind of the pitfall of this album with is blue using the same flow mm. the only thing for me where i can not not necessarily ignore that but to where i stay interested and entertained for most of the i think like hour and five minutes or something um yeah is that he definitely changed up the subject matter a lot mm. and is talking subject matter that is not really talked about in hip-hop especially at this time in 2007 and yeah. even since 2007 is not really stuff that's touched on a lot like like for example um um the good life um mm. that and that song he's talking about finding out his girlfriend is pregnant and like that he's going to become a yeah. father yeah. And like, and it's like a five minute song where that's like the main focus. And it's like, just, it was really cool and refreshing to hear a song in, in rap, like about that. Um, mm. Because it's not a topic you're going to see rapped about often. And same thing on a song, like right before it, there's the song greater love, which is one of my favorites. Mm. Um, I mean, of course there's like, there's like a million love songs. Like I get that, but uh, yeah, just the way he does it is, is really good. And, and like, 
just having that variation in topics and that variation in kind of just the subject matters that he's going into really keeps me entertained. And right. uh, that's obviously, I think, Blue's greatest strength is the flow is good. Um, the the rhyme schemes are complex. He spits them casually. But yeah. also it's that he's – like we talked about with Saba, and I also think of, of J. Cole for this, is like they rap about real stuff and uh, they make it relatable and they make – that's like – what makes music that I want to listen to at least. So yeah. That's that's great. And I think like every time you give me a rap album, mm-hmm. I'm not even just a rap album. Any album you give me, mm-hmm. I have to listen to the that's like the subject matter. Right. You're yeah. Lyric guy. Uh, you yeah, know, we always you say that. Meaning and you know, yeah, I gotta say it every time. Yeah. Um where I could I could like a song because it sounds cool. Because I'm more, I like guitar. You more know. musical, yeah, yeah. I go back and forth because I mean, I, I'll also, you know, I, I, you know, it's no secret. I also like, I love Whole Lot of Red by Cardi. Like, I love, I like trap music and stuff like that. Also, so I kind of go back and forth. Hmm. But yeah, one thing that does really draw me in, as long as it doesn't sound bad, obviously. But one thing that draws me in is having a unique subject matter and a unique way of telling stories and just right. getting thoughts across. Yeah, and and blues lyricism is impressive. You know, it's. You, we mentioned his rhyming. He is one of the best rhymers, you know, and he and his, he has a whole album. Like, this is just a, an example to show off his, like, lyrical ability. In 2021, he dropped an album hmm. where, like, every song um, he he does, like, uh, an entendre with the word blue, and they're all, like, they're all different. So, like, the whole theme of the album, he raps the word blue, like, hundreds of times, but he uses it in all different unique ways. So that That's album's... Cool. It's it's gimmicky, but it's cool. And he he really he he reminds me of one of those guys, like one of those kind of old school guys who really prides himself on being able to like flip words and think of double entendres and just like yeah. you know be creative with his writing, yeah. which is I, I don't want to be like be like a corny old head and say it's a lost art in hip hop, but I, I I think like it is complex so. rhyme schemes are are becoming a lost art. So yeah, well, but what's crazy is like guys that we listen to now, like that are coming out now, like Jid and like. Basically, yeah, right. like mean, my favorite rappers, they're still doing that. So yeah, so like Jid's doing that, where we're like, whoa, whoa, sure. whoa, what did he just say? Yeah, I love, I, I love when I, I, uh, I hear something for the first time. Boldy, Boldy does yeah. that all the time. Yeah, like, he does. And fuck? Rome Streets is really good with that too. Rome, ours are crazy. Even, even, even our, our king. Yeah, Westside West Gun. Side he gets into that a little bit. Westside Gun, I think, is more of like boop, 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 about boop, the boop. delivery. Yeah, and like the shockingness of it all. Yeah, but um, which is becoming more popular? You know, mm-hmm. the delivery is really becoming more popular than what you're actually saying. But yeah, um, I think Blue is obviously a really good writer, a really interesting writer, and mm-hmm. his flow is good. I mean, it's it, it gets repetitive. It does, and any album that's this long, no matter what it is or who it's by, I you know I we all know that by now that I have a really short attention span, so. Um, um, I typically try to keep my list, my album listenings to under an hour, but yeah, this is a, this one right. keeps me entertained for most of the way. And I think, I think another reason for that, uh, I guess we'll kind of transition. We've talked a lot about blue. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd like to talk about, uh, the other side of things, which would be exile and, uh, mm-hmm. more specifically, I guess, just how perfect these two guys are for each other. Right. You know, I mentioned earlier, both of their most popular work is when they're working with each other, you know, and um, I think Exile's beats are a perfect match for Blue and the other way around, like Blue is perfect for those beats. 
you know, every beat is like pretty different. You know, they, they all have, they all kind of fit into the same vein, but they're, they're each unique in their own way. Um, right. And blue like rides them all like perfectly. And it really, the, the beats like, like accentuate blues rapping and blues rapping like accentuates the beats. Like I really think it's a match made in heaven for these two guys. Oh yeah. I, I'm, what I like though, is that what really cool is that um, we kind of like find commonalities in the rap that we really like mm-hmm. and it's, it's cool production and the rapper that has really good bars. And that is like, yep. actually is used like talks about or like, uses rap as an art you know like it's not just say whatever you know most of the time at least um and i think exile kind of like is very griselda production or dreamville production those those that the his use of samples definitely remind me of like you know like i I think exile's big talent is his sampling ability and also if you look at the common denominator between every great producer of all time i tweeted it earlier today on my on my personal twitter um you have mad lib um jay dilla kanye you know and you can even throw exile in there with those guys they're they're really big talent is sampling Mm. and especially getting creative with sampling you know so um like i i want one of the reasons i love this album is that and out yeah, and Alchemist, and and a lot a lot of the modern guys still like yeah, Alchemist is definitely a good shout for that. Um, but one he, thing about this he, album is that it's like unique sounding, and the reason yeah. that I find it so unique is because uh, the samples are unique, like the samples themselves that he chooses are unique, and the way that he like flips them and chops them is pretty different from like like I don't know, it just it just makes you think about it in a different way, which I like. Yeah, I I think what's really cool is that like um, it's cool to like know that guys like exile um you know were a part of like there's probably a, a production tree somewhere of who inspired who who did for what. sure yeah but, right you know in like this is 2007 so he's probably been you know in the game for a little bit at this point but right. also you know was inspired by probably like mad lib and alchemist who you know were doing or like you know jay dilla you know who's yeah right i'm sure i'm sure dilla. exile was inspired heavily by jay dilla at least just listening to the beats like, oh 100 yeah and it's like but but then you can also look at it and be like oh like conductor like you know like the right. beats like right that, he's kind of making beats that are kind of like this with those oh, sample wow. loops 100 percent. yeah but it, it's it's cool now to see guys that are like obviously inspired by this this type of production yeah um, it's almost like um, like thick freakness kind of going back to the roots of Oh you yeah, know. we can take this back back. You could even yeah. go, you know, like you could even do De La Soul and like Tribe Call Quest. Oh, of course. And that and that was, I mean, Therapy. going back to the argument of our little debate that we had earlier where I said I think the two thousands were probably the golden era of sampling and hip hop, which is also again, mm-hmm. don't want to sound like an old head, but also becoming a little bit of a lost art for the mainstream. Yeah. Where then you said like you think it's the nineties, maybe like, you know. Yeah, I mean, we could talk. I mean, dude, I I think like so. I went back once. Um, I like wanted to have an extra topic for uh for the pod. Yeah, and uh, I was like, okay, that'd be good to bring up. Like, I wonder what how like how how sampling's kind of evolved for me. How like how drastic is that statement for me to say? And it's like pretty balanced. Like, I think we like underestimate both sides. Like, what came out in the two thousand? What came out in the nineties? And it's like. 
I think that like I would say that hip hop had a golden age for literally like two decades because it just had different. It had because with hip hop, you have the different areas. You right. Know, you had West Coast. You and there's yeah. South. You had, you know, like Chicago, you, had, you know, Detroit and that stuff like all of those evolutions happened from the ni- early 90s until you I would say the mid 2000s, mid to late 2000s. Yeah, I'd say everything, you know, kind of before the internet was very regional. And guys were, instead of getting inspired by, let's say, let's say, for example, like, you know, it's 2023, any, any kid from Detroit like us could find this West Coast rap album on Apple Music. Now, let's say before the days of the internet, if you lived in the West Coast, you were listening to West Coast albums because that's what you had from the hand to hand and the word of mouth. So that's how you kind of got these regional sounds e- evolving, and yeah, I mean, I, I'll I'll say another thing is that I I'll admit that I have like a li- pretty limited range of knowledge for '90s hip hop because I mean, yeah. of course I've listened to to uh, plenty, but not nearly as much as what's out there. You know, I yeah. haven't even gotten into so it's just, much. It's hard. So. It's hard because you can definitely tell that the '90s inspired like yeah i mean it's it's pretty it's like very sequential to me like i i said this on twitter like the 90s was the groundwork obviously i mean that's just Mm -hmm. chronologically how it had to be i think in the 2000s you had guys really started getting more creative with the samples though with the samples they chose and the way they were chopped and flipped and how they were using the songs um dude i don't know yeah just something about like you i'm sorry to cut you off no no go ahead i I don't really have a thought you gotta like there's like amazing sampling in the 90s like i think like yeah we you, you're i get you you're totally saying the right thing that it is more polished in the 2000s and you have everybody coming together and stuff mm-hmm. but like like i don't think you like we gotta like take an effect guys that you've never heard like have you listened like some village like jay dilla's like detroit group yeah, I mean, I have a little bit, but when I think Jay Dilla, well, I also think that's 2000s, 90s, though. That's, he produced all of his – when he in was JD, 90s, yeah. before he was Jay Dilla in the – um, oh, fuck, who was it? The um, fucking uh, – oh, the Soul Quarians. So Soul Quarians were the, um, a 90s like collective. It was mm-hmm. The Roots. It was Jay Dilla. It was Q-Tip. It was um, Erica Badu. Uh, yeah, De- I think D'Angelo. I don't know if I said D'Angelo, but a common like all of these like the more spiritual rappers and producers came together mm-hmm. and like did all this like music together, and um, but then you guys like they they were crazy. Like I mean, the roots like the roots were inspired by Jay Dilla's production a lot of the time. Like you yeah. know, roots came out in 93 Then you know that was around when uh, Midnight Marauders came out, Tribe Called Quest, and like. Dillo was releasing stuff with uh, Slum Village and all that kind of stuff, and mm-hmm. but then they they did um I think he did uh oh, fuck was it uh he did a Far Side he did a bunch of Far Side production far side. in the nineties, which you know passing me by like all that kind of stuff he did uh uh, sh- uh, uh I think it's a Lab a Cabin Fornio or something like that which is Far Side's second album which is my favorite Farsight album. It came out in 1995. No, that's Jay Dilla's prime. Is right. The early to the mid, 90s. 90s. Yeah. He died. Yeah, that's, in that's, that's interesting. Yeah. I know he, I know he died in the two thousands, but I just, 
I guess I never really, really dove into that, that kind of pre, uh, like that early nineties stuff. Yeah. I, and I, and I read in all like outcast prime late nineties. Yeah. Like, I mean, AT aliens, uh, Equimini, uh, uh, super califragilistic funk, funky music or whatever. Their first album's great. Yeah. And Stankonian 2000. Amazing. Right. You know, so like, that's not even a, that's still made in the 90s. Right, right. I don't, yeah, right, right. You know, Early 2000s. Um, but then, like, I'm just trying to like Wu Ting, uh, Wu Ting's albums known for their sampling, Nas known for right. their sampling, Beastie Boys, even. I was, I was gonna bring up, bring up Nas, and which also ties back yeah. into Below the Heavens because when I think of the great sampling of the 90s, I think, uh, Tribe Called Quest and, uh, they have some memorable ones to me. Also, just because, like, this is what I've listened to the most, though. Like, I would love to have, which I guess I am right now, having someone more knowledgeable than me. Like, I, lo- I love having someone more knowledgeable than me, like, recommend me stuff to listen to, to to get me more exposed to that more, like, early 90s stuff. Because, yeah, you know, I don't, like, I, I already admitted that I don't know as much about the 90s as I do the 2000s. And, you know, it really just comes down to, like, personal biases, you know? So, yeah. And, I yeah. mean, listen, I, I, I I like totally get it. Like we, I no, I, I think it's a, I think it's a good debate. I, like I said, I would love to have someone who's more, more knowledgeable than me in both those decades. You know, neither of those decades are even my, if we're talking about rap, like the only decade that I can con- feel like I can confidently talk about and like know pretty much everything that was going on was the 2010s. Yeah. I mean, Before 2010s that, is- I, like I, mean, I lived through it, you know? Yeah. It's 20, like the 2000s is great different music man like mm-hmm. i mean you even look like i'm looking up playlists and stuff like curated playlists of 2090s yeah. music and we can look back in hindsight and say oh this was great but 2000s was jay-z you know that was like when right. jay-z took off that's eminem that's ludicrous you know like right. yeah and a lot of beats those guys were rapping on too like when you look back at them uh, this is my maybe hot take about 2000s rap. A lot of people I've talked to a lot of people about this, and they've they've actually agreed those that some of the beats that they were rapping on the 2000s like didn't age well at all. Like they sound goofy, but then some beats from the 2000s like are still the best of all time. Like the one like you know like Mad Libs work obviously and uh, oh yeah that's and the 2000s. I would say it's a polarizing decade. Oh yeah, me. like. But you look back at like two thousands like underground stuff, and then you're mm-hmm. like, man, like what were people not listening to? You know? Right, I, uh, that's true. Like, like you look at something like like Below the Heavens, that was considered all of, like all of MF Doom's albums, all of them. Like right. you know what I mean? Like basically all of them. Like what? Like I mean, obviously now in hindsight, a bunch of nerds love you know love MF, MF Doom, Doom yeah. but, but at the time he was obviously very underground. But. Hmm. I don't know, man. Like that's, and it's just like you see seeds planted in the two thousands that are definitely like you see grow, and you know, like Kanye and Drake and the guys that are going to be big. Even like um, I'm trying to think, like Lupe Fiasco and like all mm-hmm. the like Chicago, Chicago kind of like pops up a little bit. You know, like it's like right. more like mid. Midwest stuff like even Eminem being pop popular, you know. Um, so it's like it's it's different, it's crazy, and then that yeah, it's an interesting discussion. Uh, I think the 2000s were obviously 
I already said polarizing, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Basically, I, I I came up with that tweet just when I heard the way that Exile was using samples in, in this album, and it made me think of, I guess, probably like the most my favorite and the most unique sampling ever, which came from MF Doom and Mad Lib, respective mm-hmm. respectively. And uh, yeah, that's just where I come up with that. I didn't really think about, you know, because to me, when I think '90s beats, I don't even. I think the samples were more low key, if that makes sense. I, I think a lot of right. them are just really baked into the beats, right? Where you almost don't notice them, but when you look at the two thousands, they're getting used more creatively, almost as kind of like how we mentioned with Dan Auerbach's guitar being its own instrument. Mm. You know, and a lot of these songs with the soul samples and the different you know things mm. that they're layering up on top of the beats, it's like it's almost like yeah. another another person on the song with Blue kind of complimenting him that he's rapping over. Oh um, yeah. Like and that that that's what I like, you know. I, I love a good soul sample loop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think like what they can get away with and what they got away with in the nineties was direct ripoff. Like they literally took a beat and yeah, um, put it on a on a track. When I think two thousands, you know, the uh, the copyright stuff kind of got bad, and people had to like not use iconic beats or good drums, and they kind of had to make their yeah. own beats more. Or recreate a sound they were trying to go for from the sample with their own beats, or distort the beat, make it more soulful, or slow it down, distort it, that kind of thing. So, I mean, you see guys like like Madlib and Alchemist come out of that, and you know, like uh, it's just it's good, you know, we, we, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Jay Dilla, Jay Dilla would, Jay Dilla. I've watched this little mini. Um, documentary like this there's this channel that does like um history videos i forgot his name the guy he used to play bass he played bass on like a bunch of r&b and rap okay. stuff. um he's like adjacent to like jacko pastor who played on like a bunch of like early 90s like uh bass lines he played you know he still i think he still tours with people now and plays like he played with the roots he played with um i think q-tip and all those kind of type of guys and uh, but anyway, he was like talking about um, I forgot. Oh, Jay Dilla and how mm-hmm. he uh, um, Jay Dilla heard a beat by a drummer and wanted to emulate a human drummer on a drum pad. So he, you know, like it's funny how drum pads are made to make beats more crisper and on on tick. Right on beat and he wanted to take the drum maker and the drum beat maker and make it sound more it like sound human error make yeah. it sound off there's no repeating beats in some of his songs there's no you know the rhythm switches up a bit or it's a little off beat or you yeah. know because when you really play in a band the things that make the music unique and not so robotic is the the mistakes the stuff that is natural to your ear that your ear doesn't pick up it's just it's comfortable you know it's like that slight off, slight off tuning makes you feel like you're in it. It makes you feel more involved. It makes you feel mm-hmm. more, more personable, you know? So that's what Jay Dilla kind of did, which is really cool. And I think that's it's translates. It transverses two generations of rap that is vastly different. Hell, I would even say three and four at this point, because you have guys that are still rapping on Jay Dilla beats and he's been dead for 18 years almost. Yeah. That's it's crazy. It really is when you put it like that. Crazy and to say that people born in 2005 are going to be adults, though. That, that is also crazy. I saw someone on Twitter who was born in 2007 today. So, 
that's I was getting ready to go to school in 2007, which I guess doesn't mean that I was that old, but still. No, I mean, well, I mean, even my sister's, you know, four years younger than me, but I'm like, yeah. dude, you, like you can drive, you can like do yeah, all this kinda, stuff. It's kind of weird. I, I I do feel old when I think about being 20 years old and not being a teenager, which I still am for the record, but it won't be long till I'm not. So, mm. yeah, yeah, here. Yeah, I know. Old man Riley over there, Gramps. Yeah, dude. Yeah. That's a whole yeah, that's a whole like different it. topic for another day, but oh man, age? We're not even that old, dude. We're young. We're I, so I, young. I know. I I, I sometimes We're I like feel young, adults. sometimes I feel old. There's so much life. I know. I know. That's I think it, it makes me feel warm inside, honestly, to be like, oh, that kid is like that's cool. Like that makes me feel like yeah, know, there's people that will look up to me one day. You know what I mean? There's people that is kind of nice to think about. Like yeah. my little cousins, my little cousins are eleven, and they're like they actually listen to me and like think I'm cool and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, dude, that's awesome. That is pretty awesome. And like I have a you know what else is is awesome? What's that? The the world is yours by Nas interpolation on the title track of this album. Yeah, yeah. I just I had to find time in this podcast to point out like just just how much I love that. So I I guess I'll just do it now. Go ahead. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, Below the heavens, part one. Uh, it interpolates "The World Is Yours" by Nas, and mm-hmm. going back to what I was saying about the whole 2000s sampling thing, is basically all it is is just the chorus of "The World Is Yours" is by Nas, which is just uh, saying "The world is yours" and then saying "It's mine, it's mine, it's mine." Whose oh, world yeah. I is love this? That. I love. And that. and that just plays kind of in the background of "Below the Heavens," and it just. The way and like and you know obviously because it's the chorus of a song, the way Nas says it is in like a catchy and repeatable manner. So then being able to to take that and extrapolate it over a beat. Well, if you think about what a beat is, it's really just a repetition of you know those sounds that then become like they form a they form the whole beat. And basically, that's just taking like those words that Nas says and using them almost as an instrument, like a drum or a, a cymbal or whatever, yeah. and using them in the beat. It's yeah, a sample. right. That's what a sample is, it, 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 right? Yeah. It's literally like the essence of of sampling, and I think that's like one of the most perfect examples of it. It just works so well in that song, mm-hmm. and I I love that song to death, and and I love this album to death for all the moments like that where it uses a sample beautifully, cuts I, it, flips it, whatever. I'm definitely gonna come back to this album. It's just such a long album. It is long. Songs are the same, so like I think listening through, it's hard to listen to this album it's, all the way through. It's gonna be one of those ones if you do come back to it, which you know I I would hope you do. It's yeah, gonna be I one would. of those ones where you'll pick out different songs at different times of your life if it sticks with you for a while. So I've been listening. I've I heard this album for the first time probably two or three years ago. Um, didn't think too too much of it i mean i'm like oh this is good rapping you know uh and then the more i got into it the more i got into like music and the more i got into 2000s rap i i started just picking out different things you appreciated it more yeah i appreciated it more and even on my most recent re-listen which was this morning i i picked out songs that like you know i love this whole album but songs that i just didn't didn't recognize for being that good before. Like, for example, I'll say uh Cold Hearted. I love 12th that track. Song. Yeah, but it but yeah. on my first God knows how many listens, maybe just because it's at the end of the track list, I maybe sort of wrote it off. But for whatever reason today, like that one really resonated with me. And like that could jump on my playlist as early as tomorrow. And 
Yeah. And that's just what I and that's you know that's how you make a good album. It's it's got how old is it? It's now? Longevity. It's, yeah, it's 16 years old, and people are still finding songs that they resonate with on it, and just picking out yeah. different lyrics that they're hearing for the first time, oh, yeah. and noticing new double entendres. Like it really is just a, a really really well made album, and uh, I'm glad yeah. you, I'm glad you liked to add some good things to I, take away. From I that. love I loved I didn't know how I'd feel about like. I guess the stat stretch from like good. So soul rising kind of was like, not my favorite. Yeah. Pretty average. Probably. I don't think I caught it like interesting, but I love cold hearted. I love the topic Mm -hmm. and I didn't know how I was going to transition into blow the heavens. Cause I'm like, Oh, usually two parters like, Oh, different sounds and like kind of things are like, yeah. Right. But I loved blow the heavens part one. I love the world is mine thing. And then, but it's transitioned into part two was really cool. I liked part two. Uh, yeah, slow. part two it is definitely underrated. Like, yeah, I loved a blow the heavens part two because it was nothing like any other song in the album, and it I think complemented the first part really well. Um, so I'd say like if you're fatigued with this album, uh, you know, kind of yeah. like take a second from listening to it all the way through, and then go back and listen to like Cold Hearted and Blow the Heavens Part One and Two. Like, yeah, I was gonna say maybe I, maybe do it in parts, or you know, even just go to Blues Spotify or Apple Music page and kind of see his top songs are. Dancing in the rain, things first is simply amazing. Which yeah, and you want to know what song I want to go back and listen to is "I Am" because you know long songs are kind of like oh hit or miss. You know you're the like right. song you listen to all the way through, and especially now with streaming, we get spoiled, and because we we can skip and jump around whenever we want. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if it's songs boring, we don't listen to it. If it's too long, we're like oh man, I can listen to the, another album or something. I love it. I I'm a half. I I would get like I got halfway through it and I was like, okay, this is like one of my favorite songs in the album. Yeah, it's it's just it's hard to it's hard to appreciate it just just because of the fact that it's a seven minute song at the end of an hour plus long album that does kind of feel like a slog at times. But that is if you're list if you're it, it, uh sorry if you're interested in bars like that's one of the best songs to listen to on the whole album probably. Yeah, and there's a couple of the beat switches up just a tad bit, and like it's it's good. Yeah, I uh, I would highly recommend a song to you by Blue that's not on this album. Um, it's called Mr. Blue Sky, and like as the name suggests, it, it mm-hmm. samples uh, the classic song Mr. Blue Sky. And uh, if you like the World Is Yours sample on uh, Below the Heavens, I highly recommend listening to the Mr. Blue Sky sample. Um, what what album is that off of? It's on the album that I was mentioning earlier called "The Color Blue," where every song is a play on the word "blue," and he raps the word "blue" like a million times. It was oh, released okay. in twenty twenty one. Um, yeah, Blue is one of those guys who also is super consistent. Everything I've heard from him, you know, he's a very talented rapper, and he's been around for a long time, and he's still making music, and uh, he's working more and more with different producers, also, which is cool. Um, not changing his sound his too much, part. but trying different stuff, which is cool. So his album "Bad Neighbor," or it's like him and uh, Med and Madlib. Yep. And he's Haji Beats on it. MF Doom. Um, yep. Uh, Bad Neighbor. Pack. Yeah, Anderson Pack's on there too. Yeah. Um, yeah, Bad Neighbor is is one of Madlib's more underrated projects. Mm-hmm. Um, Med I is a or Med Med. I'm I'm not exactly sure. Um, He's a talented rapper, also. So, yeah, yeah. What's funny is I was like, oh, I, was like, I thought I saw um, Rome Streets on it, 
know because it says DJ Rome's on the street. Oh, yeah. And so my brain kind of mix up streets and. Rome. Yeah, the track is called Streets and the guy is called Rome's, which is yeah, um, just really close to Rome. But streets. then underneath it, I was like MF Doom. Yeah, MF Doom's on it. Um, uh, but there's some good people, and then. I'm just scrolling through as we're talking, but like, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'd say, I'd say, if you're gonna, if you're gonna go in, get like, try to get into blue a little more. Um, yeah. If you're gonna try to get into blue a little more, I, I'd go next to. Now I know we were just talking about the whole long album thing, but I'd go for his 2020 album Miles. Yeah. Now that album is like long, like way too long okay. for for anyone to, or at least for I should I should oh. say way too long for me to enjoy casually. But the individual tracks that you pick out from there, and it's similar to Below the Heavens. Every time that I hear a song that I haven't heard from there in a while, I like it. It's yeah, some incredible songs on there. It's just like it's like an hour and forty minutes long though, and it's just a it's a long time to listen to music. Yeah. Okay. All right. We're back. Um, slight technical difficulty. We're back. No, oh, no problem. Man. That's crazy. Anyway, you were saying about. Uh... Oh, I was just saying about um, Miles. It's a really long time to sit in one place and listen to music, but uh, mm-hmm. some of the tracks on there and the beats are just kind of mind blowing. So yeah, uh, I recommend Below the Heavens. I recommend Miles. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely didn't hate Below the Miles. It was good. It just you know it's gonna be an album that I come back to. And I yeah yeah, and I hope you yeah I hope you could like, continue to find like random random tracks that you're like oh this is really good. Listen to this I'll for a couple weeks or whatever. Like, yeah. yeah yeah do it. I I. God, I love the sound so much. But yeah, um, I think that's pretty much about sounds like about all I have to say for Below the Heavens. Um, yeah. It it is definitely considered a classic in a lot of like tight hip hop circles, and it probably doesn't come to a lot of people's minds when they think of best rap album from the two thousands. But like it it will probably come up in my mind when I think about that. So sweet. So yeah, I'm glad I'm glad you got to experience it, and hopefully some viewers will get to experience it too. But yeah, mm-hmm. um, that's all I got for that. Sweet, dude. Uh, do you want to do uh, what we're listening to, or do you like hey, our our typical kind of thing? If you're kind of new around here, I guess is like we talk about uh, what, what we talk about whatever we want to talk about at this time of the episode. So yeah, we do a little yeah budget. yeah. I I I definitely have one to talk about, not in depth, but a little in depth, but uh, something I know you you're really into. Um. But yeah, I listened to Meet the Moonlight uh, by Jack Johnson. And uh, mm-hmm. anyone who saw it last week knows you put this album, I want to say, at probably like eight or seven for your albums of the year. Yeah. Um, which is obviously pretty high praise. But uh, yeah, it, it deserved it because this it's album, like, dude, it sound ripped, man. Like, every song was like a banger. And it was kind of the album was more full than his other albums, if that makes sense. Like, he put a lot of instruments in the album. And it's kind of sadder topics too, like costume parties, like kind of sad and like yeah, honestly. But it felt like you know, I I I might go as far as say is this is my favorite or second, probably second favorite. No way, that's awesome. Yeah, I was I was shocked. Album lot. I think I sometimes forget that it's a new album. Like when I listen to it now, like I'll show music and it'll stumble. Right, man, what a Jack Johnson album is the song on again. I'm like, oh, it's 2022 album. Like, no fucking way. Like, yeah, man. It's I, so I think good. Favorite, he doesn't miss. My favorite is definitely probably In Between Dreams, which yeah, I think it's is a great song. Old take, but um, but other than other than In Between Dreams, this is probably my favorite. Uh, Jack Johnson. Yeah, I like Costume Party a lot. 
I like the title track a lot. I like One Step Ahead. Like I, I literally, I literally like the whole track list. I was like genuinely shocked by how how good I found this album. So I definitely want to take a minute to to highlight that on the podcast and just say I guess thank you for the recommendation because it was fire. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, you got you got something. Uh, I got a whole bunch. Right, I know you always, uh, you always have a whole. Bunch. I got a whole bunch too, but yeah, I, we'll I'm. That. I swim in music every week. Like literally, I I probably add which is cool. Songs in Riley's a music it, horror dude. He sleeps around, but listen, I come back. Dude, there's, I, nothing, there's nothing wrong. Hey, there's nothing wrong with. He always comes back around. Yeah. Um. My new thing right now is the new Arcs album. So if you want to listen to on listen to that on the side, that'd be that'd be cool. Or do I definitely to- do. Yeah, you don't have to assign that one to me. I'm, okay. Yeah, I'm it's do that. good. I'm do that. Um, you didn't listen to any of the singles, right? No, I said I was waiting for the album, which yeah, is typically sure. what I'll do. Singles. I think I, f- I need to stop listening to singles because it ruins when the album comes out for me. That, that, that's I've my this thing. Hundreds of times already. That's my thing too. Like for example, I mean, for like my favorite artists, like for JID, for example, I listen to the, to the hell out of Surround Sound and Dance now. I wouldn't say it but, ruined them for me, but but I think that what was crazy about that album and why it was number one for me is that the, yeah. I did that too. But the album and it's still I amazing. Still listen to those songs times over. Me too. Especially dance now. Like dance now is probably one of the best songs on the album. Yes, that was. And here's the thing: they both might be some of the best songs on the album. But going back to what you said, like when I rank them, I'm just I'm not really thinking of putting them at the top. Although they might be, I don't know. I just right. heard them a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. With the with the new Arcs album, I believe Electrophonic Chronic. Um, sick name, by the way, and sick cover. Out of the yeah, kind it's of a, psychedelic. They're cover. really they're really banking on the stone rock. Yeah, but I like I like that they lean into it. I don't know, it's like a, the, a weed bowl, like the, but it's yeah, the, you know, like the apple weed bowl, the classic. You know, well, yeah, you, know, you went through that as a kid, but like you know, that's the, like the first thing you smoke weed out of is an apple, whatever. Yeah, and, the, um, and the both their album covers are really awesome. I I think I prefer uh-huh. prefer the first one a little yeah, to I like the new the one, but of the first one, yeah, the, the first one the, more like pop art. Yeah, no, but that that uh, yours dreamily album cover is like it's so really cool. awesome. It's so like, funky. I love that album like I love it. It's but... in our it's in our Twitter header because it just it looks. Oh, cool. it's one of my favorite and albums. We love the album. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I was a uh, I was listening to this album. And I think as it went on, I liked more songs and more songs. So yeah, it was great. Um. Definitely recommend uh, this band, uh, Bass Drum of Death, is produced. But I think their newest album is produced by the drummer of the Black Keys, and it sounds okay. like it's kind of like older Black Keys sounding kind of music, but uh, definitely not the same type of blues inspired. More like they're inspired by garage rock, so it's not really going to sound bluesy. Mm-hmm. Um, I got really into Sick recently because we talked about it last week. Yes, um, I love kind of transformation you've had on sick because we talked about it a little last week but i know it, it wasn't always your favorite but i love to hear that you're listening to it because i love that record of death so mm-hmm. oh and i listened to uh whenever if ever oh yeah 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 did you did you like that or what yeah i, thought it, was it, kind of I uh, yeah. it was definitely one of those albums that i was like oh middle school me would have ate this shit up right for sure it's a little yeah. That was the same for me as like, so I was, I was on Apple music, you know, and I was looking at just like the recommendations and it was like, uh, uh, if you like Midwest emo and I'm like, well, I kind of like Midwest emo. Like I definitely yeah. used to for sure. So I, I checked it out. Well, actually the main reason I checked it out is because the band name of these guys is just like insane. And I just, it drew me in. Um, the, the, the band's name is, um, 
the world is a beautiful place and I am no longer afraid to die. Uh, that's, a, that's a sick name. So I'm going to listen to this. And, like, uh, is this emo or is this kind of like an indie rock band? And that's what like I was surprised when I was like, whoa, what the fuck is this? Super emo. I mean, well, it's still indie rock. I don't know. It's, I'd it's say uh, uh, indie. some of it's, you know. Yeah. I'd say Heartbeat in the Brain and the outro track, Getting Sodas. Both of those are sick. I love those songs. I love I Getting Sodas. Those. Yeah. Okay, so so that, those are my main takeaways that, from the album. What was that? Those are my main takeaways from the oh, album, okay. those two songs, yeah. Uh yeah, um the layers of skin we what is it we don't shed or something what is it called the the layers of skin we drag around we drag around they're well they're so, the long the titles are so long that I'm like dragging Spotify across my computer screen yeah and I'm like okay I can't it's really almost like that. like like classic follow up oh they yeah used to, they used to do that and Panic at the Disco yeah well yeah um. I'm always dropping a new album in a couple months. I'll be I tuning into that. Kind of older sounding. That's yeah. It. I'm, I'm sure it won't be, but I will be tuning in. He's he's got some pipes on him. He's better than uh, Brendan Urie. Yeah, they uh, Panic at the Disco just split up, which really just means Brendan Urie's quitting because he's the last one left. But mm. yeah. Well, and once he once uh, like I guess there he's just a kind of a weirdo scumbag. So yeah, he he is actually, and I don't think they've made a good song in like. a Solid fifteen years. So. True. Yeah. Well, fucking you, bum. This, that was a bummer. But I got. I'm gonna keep going on. But yeah, go on, go on. Uh, there's this album uh, that is a self-titled album by the band The Mystery Lights. Okay. Um, really cool cover. Great album. Listen to it. Uh, it's thirty minutes, thirty two minutes long. Uh, Ooh, I love a thirty minute album that just really um, sings to my soul. Fun. And then this album by this band called Rakoma is it? It's an EP, so it's like five songs, and it's Rakoma by Rakoma, and it's all the songs on it are great. Um, country is probably my favorite song by them. Get on and howl, top three from that EP that I've been jamming. Um, my sister got me into Hotel Ugly. He's blown up right now. Okay. Uh, he's like R and B. Uh, this this uh, song in Dreams by Sierra Farrell. It's kind of like a country folky song. There's in Dreams alternate version. Fucking beautiful song. Love it. I love beautiful songs. I've returned to some of the the old classics lately. I just found myself listening to like comfort music. I listened to Care for Me again recently because that album is astonishing. Yeah. Um, I listened to Acid Rap by Chance. Like, remember we listened to that on vinyl when we were hanging yeah. out. Um, that was a sick experience. You and, juice, man. You can't. I know. I, I listened to Juice on YouTube. Um, juice. When I listened to the album, which has only been once since I heard it on vinyl, which obviously has juice, but mm-hmm. um, I listened to that SZA album a little bit. I didn't really talk about it in my album of the years episode. Yeah, a lot of people are really vibing and heavy with the SZA album. I it's okay, it's solid. Yeah, there's some songs that are. I think it's again, it's it's a little too long for being a little too repetitive for me. But there's some songs that really stand out on I there. Just, I think. Uh... Her first album was like really good, and then this like one, control set the standards like way too high. Yeah, um, yeah, and then her second album is good, but I don't know. It's so it's so perfectly produced. I think it's like 
It's a little too poppy. It's so main. It's so poppy. Like I feel bad. Well, she's obviously going for, and she she got it. She's going for like the home run pop hit TikTok yeah. takeover number one Billboard, and she did it, which is good for her. Um, I do still oh, prefer that Control. Song wasn't though. even on it. The what? What do you talk? What song are you talking about? Well, I meant really the album as a whole, but I mean, I feel like I think Kill Bill is really the biggest hit. Oh yeah, I, lo- I love that song. I got the arrow. You know, whatever. I feel like what's sad about that album is she's. I hope SZA doesn't really go into like general pop. Like she's gonna sound like every other. I I feel like she's probably might have tasted a little bit of that fame and popularity, and she's she's probably going that way. Or she control, dude. She could pull a Steve Lacey and say, "I fucking hate the mainstream," and just say maybe tries to stay in her niche. But I think Mm -hmm. she's probably gone to the the dark side, if you will. I don't know. She's so cool. Well, I I don't yeah. I don't hate her new album. I just I don't know. It felt so flat. Yeah. If I'm being honest. Maybe I'm just not the demographic. Or well, I think neither of us are the demographic, and I don't love R and B in general. But uh, I I think there's some. My roommate loves it, so I'm hearing it a lot. Kind of through he that. Loves it? Oh, he lo- he loves it. Yeah, <laughs> he loves it. Um, I love I I love some. I I don't know. I wish Phoebe Bridgers was on it more. Her part was good. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy genius. Boy genius? boy genius? What? Uh, by who? Shut the fuck up, dude. Look up boy genius. Did I miss something? Now? It's Phoebe Bridgers and two other chicks who are both awesome indie, like, folk chicks. Oh, and they shit. Have a collective called Boy Genius. I see it now. I didn't well, hear about Wilson, this. Shout out to Abby if you're listening. Um, she was like, Riley, do you know about Boy Genius dropped? And I was like, who the fuck is Boy Genius? Because yeah, 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 you know, yeah. I'm not a Phoebe guy. I like no, I that's the thing. I need I need someone like your girlfriend because all I know about in terms of like hey, new stuff coming out. Keep your fucking grubby mitts off of my girlfriend. I, I I'm not going near your girlfriend. I said I need someone like your girlfriend. Okay. I said I don't need. I didn't like, say I need uh, your girlfriend. I just need someone to keep me in the loop and like the indie scene. You know what I mean. It's not indie, it's folk, Rosario. Okay. All right, man. I need somebody to keep me in the loop in the the yeah, not the the, the I, versatile I, genre of not connection. rap. I'm in your I'm your indirect connection. Okay, man. Yeah. Now I know that on March 31st, 2023, there's a new Phoebe Bridgers, Julian Baker, and Lucy. Listen Dacus, to their old stuff. You're gonna start. Genius. You're gonna you're gonna cry. Lay what? You're gonna like literally be like, "This is." Dude, I hope I do. Should I listen to the singles or should I save it? Oh, I'm, I'm gonna save the singles, it. dude. They're great. They are like amazing. I would say. Listen Remember, to- like five minutes ago, we were talking about like not listening to the singles. Fuck that, <laughs> bro. They have an EP. I'm listening. I'm gonna listen to their EP literally as soon as I hang up with you. Don't don't okay. even worry about it, bro. Okay. Um, geez. I'm literally writing it down. That right was now. intense for no reason, but uh, shit, man. I, I I got excited. We both got excited. Yeah, man. yeah. I, I when we hear when we hear Phoebe Bridgers on this podcast, shit hits the fan. I don't know. Yeah, it's funny because. Me, me in the car. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, this is so sad. Like, no, I really enjoy car. this, and I just can't. Like, but when I'm by myself, yeah, you listen to it right now. It's it's eight thirty six p.m. on a Monday night. There's six inches of snow outside. That's when you listen to it. With when I'm by myself and I need something to feel like, yeah, you know, like her music like gives you a hug. Yeah, and okay, that's. But I, if I'm in the car, I'm gonna jam out. I, you I didn't know, tell you to listen to it in the car. No one told you to listen to it in the car. Listen to yeah. Thick Freakness in the car, man. Here, you got a big point, man. Yeah. But, um, 
yeah dude uh, have you heard um um mavi's uh end of the earth ep no yeah i definitely I've worth heard a, songs off of it um, yeah definitely no. worth uh worth a check if you're big into him like i am um okay. pretty solid uh i listened to you know what i've been listening to man i think we already talked about it um wallows dropped a single called wish me luck like over a month ago that's got gotta be one of my maybe one of my favorite songs of 2022 like i've been jamming that song like constantly and i'm like extremely excited for their next album i like how we literally said don't listen to the singles and then <laughs> listening to the singles yeah i like uh, it's so good it's it's I, incredible I, I don't know what to say i like the i like that single it's pretty good yeah me me too um i listened to dog boy by zilakami which was like a super crazy rock slash honestly kind of like grunge kind of rap i don't know it's like that aggressive kind of uh rock rap type stuff which sometimes i'm into sometimes it's a little too much for me right this one was a little too much for me but it was cool cool um are you a little little sims fan or not really Oh yeah, fucking love Little Sims, dude. I th- I, th- I figured you did. Yeah, I like um, Little Sims and Rico Nasty. Those those two like yeah, two girls are like the some of the best rappers, like women rappers, right? Yeah, now. Little Sims is crazy talented. I, I think a lot of the times, um, she's kind of fits into the category of one of those artists who I recognize. Like, oh, there's she's super talented. She's a great rapper, but like. She just doesn't always make like music that I want to listen to, if that makes sense. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't have a lot of her songs on my playlist or whatever, but she's super talented. And her her newer her newest album is called No Thank You. Mm. Um, I checked it out and it yeah, there's some really solid tracks on there. Um she's still yet to like blow me away, blow me away with an album. I think she might be a little overrated, but like I said, she's like super talented. So mm. yeah, gonna keep looking out for her, but yeah, that about does it for like the new music I've listened to. Yeah, me too. Uh, I actually found a new album that I'm gonna give you next week. Um, okay. I was oh yeah, I forgot we have to do that. Yeah, I yeah. I have a couple ideas for it to give you. Okay, well, I was gonna give you um this album Electric Mud by Muddy Waters, but it's super guitar heavy and just fuzzy and shitty, and like you might be tired out from the freakness. So. I'm gonna give you. I was gonna bring Liz Cooper, who is one of my favorite like female artists, like okay. in recent memory, and uh, um, her album "Window Flowers." I think it's Liz Liz Cooper and the Stampede. Is okay, like, "Window Flowers." You said. Yep, and okay. uh, let's go for it. So it's a great. You know, you might not like a couple songs that I fucking love, like for certain reasons. So, mm-hmm. um. I'll give you that album. Okay. Yeah. I will do the same thing you did. I was thinking of, of maybe another rap album for you, but I want to keep it, keep it fresh. Also go a totally different direction. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm going to give you an album that is not on streaming. I'm, I'm, oh. I'm going to send you the files and uh, what? is that okay with you? Yeah. I'm excited, dude. Okay. Okay. This it's going like, to be like drugs for the first time or something. Yeah, no, it's, it's going to be uh Ferris wheel on fire by neutral milk hotel. Oh my God. You, you, you shut up. I will listen. Yeah. To we're going to throw it back. Night. Uh, wait, what'd you say? I'm listening to that tonight. Okay. Yeah. Bad. It's like crazy short. It's like 20 minutes. So oh, okay. I don't know how much content we're going to be able to like pull out of that, but like, it's neutral milk hotel. Where dude, it's just incredible. It's just, it's really just 
it's really just amazing. You got to hear it. So yeah, I'll, I'll send you over the files for that before we get off the call. But yeah. Um, yeah. So there you have it next week. Uh, you know what we'll be doing, uh, you know, same place, same time, you know, where to find us Fridays at noon. Um, it's about all I think we have for this week though. We're pretty much reaching our time. Yeah. That I should say, but, um, any, anything else to, to say before we send them off here? Fuck, dude. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Follow our Twitter of yep. Mike's Do Diary uh, and Downerg91. And then yeah, I'll link it in the, the description. At the bottom of the, at the, bottom of the screen, it's kind of going past my finger now. Um, if you're watching YouTube, you can see that. But our, uh, if you're not, uh, it's uh, Classic Mix-Up Pod at, on Twitter. I'm going to link it in the description if you want to follow. Yeah, so Classic Mix-Up Pod. And, um, yeah, so we, you know, we post stuff. Me and Rosario both are on that Twitter, and we post cool stuff, funny stuff, whatever. And then our personal stuff, likes, retweets, we're all going crazy all the time. So Yeah, yeah. Big Follow us on that. Um, for a little note to go, I guess uh, kind of like uh, uh, be a little creative, you know. Be a little yeah. – everybody's got a little try something. Out. Try something new this week. Dude, if you got to try new food, man. Try new food. Sure. Try new food. Um, Try a new hobby. Go if you're in a snowy area. Go like play in the snow. I don't know. Uh, watch a watch a new movie. Watch that's a new I, movie. That's dude. what I like doing lately. Yeah, watching new movies is great. Um, I think being creative is something that, as we get older in life, we kind of lose. Uh, I personally have lost it uh, recently. Like in you know in the last year, I've lost it and kind of regained it strongly and this is one of my avenues to uh kind of express my Sweet. creativity awesome. and my thoughts and that kind of thing and it's really helped me get back into every aspect of my life you know it's really like kind of pick at my brain and really figure out what i'm thinking so i think it's really important for everybody even if you're told your whole life that you can't draw or can't read or shit like that like if you have a thought go after it and that could be creativity that could just be moving across country do it you know if it doesn't work out there's always another way. So yeah, Sweet. I would say pursue, pursue what you got in your mind. Sweet. I love that. Um, yeah. And as always, keep listening to music. Keep loving yes, life. Dude. Music is beautiful. Music is awesome. Music is fun. Music is great. Yeah. We, we literally wouldn't be here without it. So there you go. Love me some music. Uh, yeah, I think that pretty much does it, though, for episode 13. Thank you so much for watching. If you guys at the Sorry, end, it means a lot to us. We it. love doing this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see you next week. Bye, guys.